0: Welcome to Berlin, Germany, where we are podcasting live from the beautiful Grand Hyatt, Berlin Mm. for IFA 2018. I am Andrew Martinik, and I am joined by two established mobile journalists that are credited with wonderful accomplishments in the field. The first of which is Alex Dovey. <laughs> is that true? Wow, I'm, I'm not quite sure how to respond to that. Yeah, suddenly I feel like I to be serious. <laughs> we, although
1: we haven't we have been in the field this week, so I guess...
2: Yeah, we walked through some parks and things. <laughs>
0: yeah. And how about you, uh, Mr. Mobile?
2: Mr. Mobile. Michael Fisher here with the uh, grass uh, stains to prove it.
0: <laughs> uh, handy. <laughs> and... Uh, with the headphones to prove that you're really
2: paying attention to the audio
0: quality on this podcast.
2: No doubt. This podcast brought to you by, uh, well, no. No, it's <laughs> well, I, guess, not. I guess literally brought to you by. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, but not sponsored by. But we'll talk about a sponsor later. Indeed. But tell me about your headphones then, if uh, that's well, what you're doing. No, these are the Bose QC35s, but they're plugged into the Blue Yeti Nano, a new microphone from Blue Microphones called the Yeti <laughs> Nano. Nano. <laughs> and despite the name, it's,
0: it's, you know, it's not that small, I mean. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well You're going to have a video on that later I will and You're actually filming this right now Oh, I am, thank so,
2: you for reminding So me. it's going to
0: be extremely meta You can go stop I'm, that first back cut here. there right. And so I can lean back from the mic a little bit Oh, that's right to Help out my back Everyone can relax mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, IFA 2018 is going on This is Sunday We've been here since Monday or Tuesday And that means that we have seen all of the things We have uh, touched most of the devices And we've been to the worst convention center uh, in continental Europe, Ooh, yeah, if I'd, not the world. I'd, I'd say the world, yeah. Right. Yeah. And we saw all kinds of things. Watches, Chromebooks, lots of phones. There was actually a lot more ha- that happened than we
1: really expected. I know. I mean, IFA tends to be dominated by either Samsung or LG in terms of, like, phone announcements. And we didn't have that this year. Um, obviously, the note went earlier. LG's going to go later with the V30. But instead, we had lots of these smaller announcements that were still kind of interesting, but no... Great big sort of overarching product that dominated things from an Android perspective. And, and there
0: was a just a just vo- like in terms of volume. I mean, that's that's what
2: really caught me
1: off. There's a ton the of volume. stuff, yeah and, yeah. and we're still <laughs> we're getting towards the end of the week, and we're still working. So that's a that's a measure of how much stuff there is uh, at that show. Yeah,
2: I made much the same point earlier today, where I was like, yeah, I kind of showed up here expecting to maybe be able to kick out two or three videos, but despite the absence of major Samsung and LG announcements that mm. we've come to expect every year. Yeah, it's been a show where we've seen a cool thing or two.
0: Or uh, what about, well, I, I can't really count. It's a long list, but how about like 15? So let's start with <laughs> wearables, and we'll kick it off with Wear OS, because one of the completely out of left field, unexpected things was Google just announced a new Wear OS uh, interface. Yeah. We weren't expecting that at all. We were expecting maybe see the usual slate of a handful of Wear devices mm-hmm. in I think they weren't gonna be all that interesting until they were also paired with this new interface as well. So Alex, why don't you give a rundown of what like what does this interface look like? Please explain an interface over radio. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a great topic for
1: uh, an audio medium. So, I'm um, mm-hmm. thank, thank, thank you'll be able Andrew. to watch it on uh, on YouTube. We have, though, we have some great Mobile. content as well, yeah. <laughs> and, and at right. Android Central. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I going go a different direction or,
0: with that. Thanks. Whatever um, slash user slash, you know, <laughs>
1: we'll your URL here. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Wear OS has been in a weird place for the past couple of years. Uh, there are multiple reasons for that. The hardware they've had to rely on Qualcomm. Qualcomm has not had new uh, SoCs, and also the interface. You know, many executives have left the interface is kind of stagnated a little bit yeah we moved from having this sort of partner device on your wrist to more of a standalone thing and in my opinion that really didn't work at all Agreed. Uh, and now we have this new interface which is supposed to be um simpler it's supposed to convey information more easily and i think a side effect of that is it also makes it a more google experience because there are two key google products that are one swipe away from your main uh watch face right now so the way things work now, uh, two things haven't really changed. Your settings still live with live behind a swipe down. Your notifications still live behind a swipe up. The notifications have been kind of uh, clarified, I guess I, I would use that word. Um, I mean, it used to be you'd have a single swipe per notification. Now you can see what's before and what's after. So it was a little easier. The information density is a little bit better there. Um, but now you have Google Assistant behind a swipe uh, right and Google Fit behind a swipe left. So much like on the Google Now Launcher um, Pixel Launcher uh, but it's called the Google stuff. Now or Google Feed the Google Feed on the phone, yeah, on the phone. but uh, what they have on the watch is more in, in line with and I forget the name but it is the thing that has all your updates on it so the weather at the top and basically all yeah. your assistant stuff below it uh, it's, it's like a little inbox tray on a phone and the nice thing about that is that it's not tied
0: to voice interaction with a watch anymore which not is not really all. which is yeah. really smart because google finally realized that talking into your watch is super awkward and, and some hard. of the watches also didn't have speakers so you couldn't even get audio responses back anyway but yeah. the the nice thing here is that you get the typical Google feed, Google Now type mm-hmm. of stuff about upcoming appointments and flights and yada, yada, yada. And that but
1: makes way more sense in a smartwatch than the old approach where you would swipe to go through watch faces. Right. And oh, which people like d- premium UI real estate that was just wasted. Exactly. The and,
0: and the nice thing is that they have little prompts to make Google Assistant queries without uh without speaking to it. So it'll give you information about an upcoming appointment and it's one tap away to launch navigation for that. Mm. Right.
2: So there's fewer taps overall, there's fewer jumps. Exactly. Yeah. And aesthetically speaking of the interface, this is a darker than it has ever been. It's yeah. just black, All black yeah, at the time. Happens. Obviously yeah, I mean, being back for When we had watch faces.
1: Sorry to interrupt. When we had we back we had the uh I forget which version of Android where it was, but it was like 1.4 or something, and everything was bright and white, white yeah, and whites and grays. It doesn't like- make sense at all in a what is primarily OLED based. Right ecosystem.
2: I still remember attending two years ago that I/O seminar on you know developers. Here's how to save battery life. You know, and it came down mm-hmm. to reducing frames and Make animations, everything is dark as wheels, possible. and then <laughs> also change everything to black. And finally, we've seen the the platform
1: itself take take its own advice. Exactly. Really? Yeah, every pixel is precious when you're dealing with a tiny battery and an OLED screen. Yep. We, so we still have to use this on a on a regular basis, but I think you made a great point, Alex. That this just is way more intuitive. It's way than more what intuitive. it was before. Yeah, it is. Um, it has, so it, it kind of gets to what most people use a watch for. Your notifications, um, your, you know, relevant, timely, upcoming information, like weather, um, you know, whatever directions you might have going on, traffic information in Google Assistant, and fitness stuff as well, of course, in Google Fit, which lives behind a swipe to the left. Right. And this is something that manufacturers in some watches will be able to customize. So, like, if you have a Huawei watch, chances are it'll be Huawei Fit, um, you know, for you, if, if, if that's you, because Huawei Fit, not such a great product, but whatever. Um, you know, there's, there's a chance maybe that if a manufacturer is particularly generous, maybe they'll let you customize that. But we've heard nothing to that effect from Google. Um, but yeah, it's uh, you know, Google pretty much getting to grips finally with what people who use smartwatches actually want out of it.
0: So let's talk about the two new devices uh, that were announced just at the show. Let's. Let's start uh, with Casio, the WSD F30. Nice. As well, Michael,
2: you. Well, you, Michael just loves. Rolls right off the tongue, doesn't it? But Trek oh, is, the, is right. the more suitable. Casio, ProTrek, yeah. WSD the easier part F30, of the brand. go harder. Right. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, their uh, tagline was a little interesting. The presentation was a little interesting. Here's a panel full of 10 app developers to tell mm-hmm. you, each to tell you about his or her own uh, app for phishing golfing and other outdoor things which is exactly what this watch is built for um i had the f10 i had the f20 i was excited by both of them uh these watches are not small you are wearing a coaster on your wrist and in a, a coaster change,
0: with the uh, thickness of a meatball yes <laughs>
2: yeah meatball coaster <laughs> Which is now going to be my headline my review headline. <laughs> no, um, the, the the thing is, these are great watches for outdoors folks. As long as you don't want a heart rate sensor, it seems to be the only thing it doesn't have. You know, from Which the altitude. Maybe kilometer. a It is a weird omission, but obviously, you know, it's just not what Casio's going for. They're mm. going for a watch that will help you track your hike via GPS, give I mean, you information, not necessarily. Uh,
0: it, it's not for runners. It's no. not for exercise. Yeah, it's not for
2: exercise. Right. It's mm. for it's for like being outdoors. And you know, there's tide tables on it. It's it's just for for getting stuff done outdoors and not necessarily running and you know tracking your run around the block but my favorite thing about these watches is that they were the first in my uh, experience to incorporate a double display so you've got that lcd layer on top of the primary watch face so when the primary watch face times out you've got this very very readable time display that now includes and yeah it's black and white but now it includes things like your what your step count and your compass bearing yeah um so that you, can, or I think you can put like an altimeter on there instead. Yeah. Like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Before so, it was know, just time. Those are the little things, really. I mean, these are you know the the LCD is what it what the line has had from the start. But now for the primary display, we have this wonderful OLED panel, which is much higher resolution, much more colorful, and the watch itself has been shrunk by four millimeters. net four millimeters narrower, not thinner. It's about the same thickness. Yeah. But it is four millimeters narrower, which makes it much more approachable for anyone who, again. Doesn't want a, a meatball coaster, and they changed the way that the band
0: hinges on it because the bands are not removable, right? Correct. I think it's part of the the whole thing. So they changed the way that they hinge, though, because with the with the height of the watch, it makes it really tough on a smaller wrist to get it to bend back around your wrist. So now they made it hinge better, and they put a whole bunch more notches in all the bands, so yeah. it's easier to find the right the right size. Yeah. It's, still, it's still gigantic. It is. It's but that's still the Casio big, style,
2: exactly right. And you know they're going they're going in the right direction to eventually approach maybe reapproach a mainstream offering. Right. But you need a lot of casing size to pack in all the stuff they're putting in there. We don't have word on exact pricing or availability. It's gonna be yet. expensive. Yeah. We don't even know what silicon it's running on, though. We assume it's just the the twenty one hundred like everyone else. That's one
0: weird thing about it is that they didn't give a battery
1: size and they mm. didn't give a processor. Right, but they had them running. They, they had it, it is. sitting here yeah. available. So. so, one theory it's the old processor, but they don't want to talk about it. The other theory is it's the new processor and they can't talk about it. Right. Yeah. So, so who, knows? who knows? We'll have to see.
0: Uh, exact opposite end of the spectrum is the Skagen Falster 2. That is watch, a very pretty watch. Which Gorgeous. is a
1: beautiful watch. Alex, tell me why it's so beautiful. Uh, I love that. And I mean, very so Scandinavian. It is, It is. yeah, beautiful, very minimalistic. And it's, for my, it, for my money, it is pretty much. A collision between my two favourite Android Wear watches yeah. back when Android Wear was Android Wear, the original 2014 Moto 360, and the original 2015 Huawei Watch. Ah. So it has uh, it has some pretty distinctive lugs um, sticking out of the sides, but basically the the entire body of this thing is. Kind of a, a, a smaller version of that original Model three hundred and sixty uh, design, a little bit more bezel uh, a little bit thicker off the wrist, mm-hmm. uh, not quite as as wide as that as that original. No, watch. it's only a forty millimeter case, it is, and it's super small, which yeah. I think is easily the smallest Android when, Wear fully featured Android Wear watch. When Sony Wear OS devices are going um, big, thick, meatball y kind of you know sports watches, to see something that is much more of a fashion watch, which we even you know, despite fashion brands getting in on Wear OS. We haven't really seen anything that that approached that level of, of, you know, just looking like a great minimalistic, yet almost a little bit futuristic watch at the same time. Because if if you are going to have all this functionality on it, if you are going to, you know, put the screen front and center, you need to frame that in a way that doesn't just look like someone gutted a sports watch and stuck an OLED display in there. And it's, for me, the nice
0: thing is it's also affordable. So it starts at... Two seventy five, mm-hmm. I think. Oh, really? Or wait, does it start at? Two- oh, yeah, it starts at two fifty. Like it ranges from two fifty to two seventy five, depending on the band. Right, and that's as Michael and I are wearing the Galaxy Watch. Even the forty two millimeter, I think, is mm-hmm, three
1: twenty five, three twenty nine. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, so yeah. That's, that that gets you a silicon kind of not so great.
0: Exactly. Uh, with the Scoggin, you get either a, uh, a a silicon band that is also. much nicer than this, or a leather band for that price, right. which is. Really good, and of course it is smaller. There's less, like, you know, less material mm-hmm. involved. It doesn't have all the extra stuff, but it does have rotating side bezel or Ro- side, side button, uh, side right? RSB, RSB life, yeah. And mm-hmm. it has uh, two programmable buttons, even yep. though it's a small casing. Love also, that. so before they, you may recognize this name. They announced one at CES, so less than a year ago, they announced one and uh, a Falster, and it didn't have heart rate didn't have NFC or GPS. It basically had nothing in it because it was all about getting that really small, simple design. It was a fashion watch to your to your point, yeah. Alex. Now they added in NFC, so Google Pay added in standalone GPS for walking and running and a heart rate sensor. Nice. In, in less the, than a year. In, in less than a year, because they 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 got major heat over the mm. fact that, well, that's cool, but you're charging me two hundred and fifty or whatever dollars and it doesn't have any of like any of the basics even. And I think they went a little uh, even uh, above and beyond of there and added in things like GPS, which, you know, this is not a sports watch Mm, in in any way. Uh, I I think the thing is gorgeous. If I was going to buy an Android Wear watch, sorry, Wear OS. OS by Google. We'll cut that out. It's okay. (laughs) Mm. Uh, If I were to
1: buy a Wear OS watch, it would be this watch. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, this is what I've been looking for for in a smartwatch. And I've kind of had to compromise with, um, you know, buying a gear sport and sticking a, like a loop strap on it. Yeah. I would, yeah, I'm, I'm all about this watch and probably buy it when it comes out.
2: I like the design as well. I agree with everything y'all have said, but it doesn't quite match my aesthetic for the, for the summer season. I was across the same booth, checking out the new diesel watch. Which I'm not going to like go those into big uh, those big watches. I do. I like a big watch from time to time. But what struck me, and I'm not going to go into details on that. Um, what struck me is that I was in the same booth looking at the Diesel watch right after I looked at the Skagen watch, and then I wandered past the Michael Kors and mm-hmm. the Emporio Armani, and back to Fossil. And I'm like, wait, what booth am I? Am I is this this big reseller <laughs> yeah. or what? I back up and I look, and it's Fossil. And I'm like, oh, of course, Fossil literally owns all of these brands.
0: Not
1: all of them.
2: They
0: own five of them, okay. and they they are a, a license. They they're a name licensing partner for like ten others. That I did not. But know. the exactly. Cool. But the ones that they have, uh, they're showing there. Yeah, those are the ones that they own. Oh. But they were they're very um they're very clear to say that like the Scoggin watch, it like was designed by the Scoggin watch people. Yeah, the Diesel watch, it was designed and made by the Diesel watch people, and that's right. why they and that's very clear, clear like. Those two watches are the exact end of the spectrum. Yes. Uh, well, I guess the, the Casio is probably a little bit more extreme than the than the diesel in terms of size, but sure. they're built on the same smartwatch platform. Mm-hmm. So that diesel watch that you were talking about, it's massive, but it has the exact same uh, internals and quality and all that and kind of same stuff. Same two customizable
2: buttons and rotating side. Right. I just was just a, thinking, a bigger screen. Yeah. 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 Totellini on your wrist.
0: Not it, quite a <laughs> right? Indeed. <laughs> so anyway, It, it I, is I just, very cool, though.
2: Yeah, and for all the for all the comments I get and for all, that this podcast post will doubtless get, and goes, why did we spend 25 minutes talking about smartwatches? They're dead. I mean, I, the manufacturers doesn't don't think, think so. So, yeah. so you know, I, and I'm, I'm pretty stoked about the future of Wear OS now that we've gotten an early taste of this new interface, which... You know, makes a lot more sense than mm-hmm, yeah. than the current one.
0: And one other thing that I'll will end the watch discussion on is that Fossil Group, all of these different brands, also have lots of time spent on watch faces. They've done. They know that it's really important. They ship all of them with uh, really smartly designed, always on watch faces that are battery conscious. But they they're look, they're watchmakers first and foremost. They don't want their their screens to turn off and just have a blank blank slate there they have very simple minimalist watch faces uh for when you know it drops into its ambient mode uh and the watch faces really fit the design of the watches as well uh that just makes a that just makes a lot of sense rather than just shipping the generic ones that come with wear os uh okay let's go to phones blackberry key 2 le mm. who wants to take on the uh, the berry i mean i can talk about the you're wearing a, 30 30 right now, so. <laughs> wearing a crackberry
2: shirt right now so i am wearing a CrackBerry. fair point yeah, uh, what, what did we expect? It's a key to made more affordable by the omission of a fair number of features $399. Right, instead of 649 which is quite a, quite a substantial reduction, regardless yeah. of whether you think the key two should be that expensive to begin with. Totally. Um, and a lot of the reductions I can live with, personally. Uh, Snapdragon 636, I was a little worried about it, but it seems on the demo units, at least, that the phone can run well. It doesn't say anything until we get in the time, real world. Yes. Yeah, fair point. Uh, less RAM, also a little bit more concerning. Display panel is exactly the same. Um, the battery is reduced in size a little bit, just barely. The biggest omission that annoys me is the uh, the capacitive hardware has been taken off the keyboard, so you can no it's longer just the dumb key. keyboard. It's just a yeah, right. It's well, it's like an old BlackBerry keyboard. Yep. Um, the keyboard itself is pretty good. It's ten percent larger than the Key One. You still got the spacebar fingerprint sensor. The spacebar doesn't click differently like it does on yep. the Key Two. you still got a uh, uh, the speed key for the program. Yes. Yeah. So you just lose the capacitive stuff. Right. So, you know, it's Which a is, uh, I think it's a fine drop. That has to be an expensive component. It, but. It, uh, definitely. Um, and, you know, uh, some interesting stuff we heard, and I'm not sure. I need to sort of like dance around this a little bit. Is like this, this was sort of in the plan for a long time. BlackBerry was like, we're going to do a key two. Also, we understand people are going to be put off by that high price. We're going to build a, a less expensive Key2. Here it is. So, I don't know. I It's certainly not something that would get actual Key2 users like me excited. It's not designed for that. It's designed to be like, hey, if you don't have a lot of money, but you still want a BlackBerry keyboard, don't buy the Key1. That's a
1: mistake. Get the Key2, Ellie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, more likely, if you're put off by the higher contract price, I would think. Probably. If you're put off by the higher contract you'd like Yeah, I mean, but, price? you... you, uh, you you could very well imagine someone seeing this and a key two side by side in a in a carrier store and if you really really want that keyboard and you know the the other features are kind of a tough sell for you that it would be yeah maybe you just default to the LE as opposed so to yeah, the,
0: it uh, kind of it way. kind of works for them in both directions. So they're going to range the Key2 LE in most of the same places that they have the Key2. Yeah. And so you will see them side by side. Right, you're going to see them you're going to have people that come in wanting something cheap. They see the Key2 LE and they realize it's not as good as the Key2. They bump up. There'll be other people that come in and are like that's cool but I don't want to spend 650. Let's drop down. I, I BlackBerry understands that like they win either way in that situation. Right. It did not make sense to raise the price of the key to without putting something you know in in there underneath mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and you have to still keep the keyboard
2: because that's just what they've honed in on that's yeah the thing and, and the colors are nice the color yeah atomic red is an awful nice color mm-hmm. option and yep. my probably my favorite takeaway from the whole blackberry experience was uh learning that apparently in in south korea uh k-pop stars really like the key too
0: it's it's the standout fashionable like it's dramatically different than every other phone. Right, like
2: people love the key two in South Korea. I think that's amazing, and uh, so you, just another reason to go back and visit. Just <laughs> to be on up. the
0: lookout for key twos. That's right. Okay, let's go in the other direction on price to a phone that is over double the price of the key two le. It's the Sony
1: Xperia XZ three. oh yes. Thank you for a correct pronunciation there, sir. Um, You're welcome. Yeah, so this is Sony continuing their pattern of just, uh, you know, throwing out phones every six months. There's some interesting stuff in there. And, of course, for Android purists, Android enthusiasts, the most interesting thing will be that it ships with Android 9 Pie. No kidding. So it is the fir- I, we were talking about this before. I, we're pretty sure there's been no other phone that has shipped with Pie out of the box. Yep. Any new phone that has actually had the new OS. So... That's the first for Sony. This has kind of been a thing that Sony just
0: yeah, yeah. low key hangs their hat on.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you have that. Ironically, you don't have any of the gesture stuff. You still have the old task switching interface, the little rolodex thing, which is a bit weird. But yeah, my whatever. my thought on that was they're
0: so they were so gung ho on just getting the getting the dang thing out <laughs> that they were like, eh, we'll figure out how we're going to stylize the task switching interface later." Yeah,
1: pretty much. So you do have the new notifications set up, you do have all the behind the scenes features of Android Pie, but yeah, you don't get the the updated stuff in the Pixel experience like the swipey uh, task switching. And
0: I was telling Alex that I don't think that the interface has the interface that Sony ships with Oreo right now. Is more Sony-like than what we saw on Android Nine Pi on this Sony phone. It is very similar to a Pixel in terms of the. It, it kind of just looks like they applied an icon pack to Android Nine
2: Pie. That was going to be my question. How are the icons? Are the icons still like? They're, they look or like Sony. They're, 12s.
0: Yeah, they're a little bit. They're little more like colorful. five years out of place. Yeah. But yeah. but when you swipe down the notification shade, uh, I was looking at one uh, a lot of them that had the dark mode enabled, uh, and it.
1: Just looked exactly like the Pixel Two XL, exactly, yeah. Oh, yeah. So cool. Um, I anyway, mean, the rest the, so- of the, film. the yeah. The software is only a very, very small part of it, and Sony software is, very, you know, traditionally for the past few years been very, very close to stock anyway, which you know is is nice for people like us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So beyond that, we have kind of an updated design from Sony. It's less. We, we were discussing before whether the XZ2 was a brick or a pillow or just a pillowy brick. Uh, the xr three is much much less of a brick and much less of a pillow. It's it's very sort of svelte around the edges. It's Sony's take on Samsung's latest. Pretty design. much, yeah. It's uh, it's somewhere between uh, S nine plus Note nine, but you know shrunk down to like that six inch size, where you have tapered edges. You know have a curved OLED screen. Uh, the back is easy to grip onto. You have a very very slim sort of bit of metal that goes around the sides and sort of expands at the bottom and the top. Uh, much easier to one hand, I think, than yeah. uh, the last generation. Of stuff
0: even like though ones. it's 5% larger footprint than the X-E2, mm-hmm. the X-E2, even though it was an 18 by 9 display, still felt so wide and heavy. Mm-hmm. But the X-E3, because it curves so nicely on on the front and the back, um, I mean, this is full-on edge screen.
3: Sure, edge, yeah. ed,
0: you know, Because they went to an OLED display, we'll talk about that in a second, you can just wrap your hand around it, and it was funny that you mentioned that it's a scaled down version of the galaxy S nine plus because yeah, it only has a six inch display yeah. and Sony actually shrunk the bezels on the top and bottom just from the XZ two. And it now it's, it doesn't, you can't make fun of Sony for having the giant bezels and the Which weird. So many years. Brick phone yeah. That was the because tri-bomb. they, they decided to just go all in. They curved the screen. They didn't do a notch They have smaller bezels on the top and bottom, while retaining stereo speakers. They kind of did all the stuff. We
1: were like, "Hey, you should probably start doing this two years ago." Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's a it's a sharp looking design. You could say, you know, you you could go out and do something crazy, like have a expandable camera, moving parts, and all this crazy stuff that a lot of Chinese manufacturers are doing. Uh, Sony is taking a much more Sony like approach with having this, you know, very very reserved approach to design um you know it's almost unusual to see them even doing something as extravagant as having a curved screen because they've been so um bought into this idea of uh you know just keep it a keep it a square keep it very rectangular Mm. very symmetrical omnibalance that that was the old they're calling it something else now Uh, Mm. i I forget the new name but yeah omnibalance for something everything needs to be symmetrical now it's still pretty much symmetrical but it just has a little bit more flair to it it's a little bit less boring no. Yeah, and and the colors definitely aren't boring. I really like that, uh, the white one and the, like, seafoam green mm-hmm. kind of look. Yeah, the, the white is, is very, very nice. I like the, uh, it's kind of like an wine yeah like a red wine sort of color yeah Um, and so the back is still pretty boring the fingerprint the fingerprint sensor is like smack dab in the middle of the thing which is not where your finger goes well i mean yeah if you have larger hands you will have to arch your index finger to which is is not going to be very Mm -hmm. comfortable um but still has all the things top of the line specs uh
0: sd card wireless charging the nfc is on the back because you know that's where it should be sony stereo speakers I already (laughs) talked about that OLED display I thought it looked fantastic we're using it indoors
1: we're using it indoors Uh, we are using it indoors under pretty heavy lights though I mean look there's the only way to tell will be when you get it outdoors um, when you have a chance to take it into darker areas some of the LG OLED last year was very very bad at crushing blacks in darker areas yeah kind of blotchy you would get graininess you'd get crushing of blacks so shadow details would be removed in uh, when the brightness is low and also you're showing very dark colors so, uh, we don't actually know who's manufacturing this panel yet. You know, there are basically only two choices there. <laughs> yeah, no. um, Yeah, Sharp, LG, Samsung. Exactly. Mostly yeah. LG and Samsung? Yeah, mostly LG and Samsung. But, you know, to my eyes, it looked, it looked good. I have no complaints initially. So, Mr. Mobile,
2: you gave me a perplexed look uh, earlier when I was talking about the XC3. I me. started wondering if maybe the fingerprint sensor is placed there because that is where the max Z depth of the casing is. Yeah. And it has to Which it is. fit it under the, or over the battery, as it were. Yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't really explain why it's that low, but uh, I don't know. I'm, I'd like to see the inside of this thing.
0: Yeah. Well, you also see that the camera is just above that, and that's um, pretty low down from the top of the phone. It's yeah. kind of for the same then reason then again, because it really tapers off to to all the edges. Right. Again, that's why you need that Z depth with the uh, exactly. With it's the still camera. a single camera. Still the same, 19 megapixel Exmor RS. Uh, gonna just you no know, OIS. The hell they're gonna die on. Um, and this was <laughs> one place, you know. Of course, these these very brightly lit but harsh, terribly lit booths where we're looking at these things. We were poking around, taking a few photos. You can immediately review them, and you zoom in, and it's all kind of blotchy and kind of chroma uh
1: Hard to tell. If they've actually so, changed anything from the yeah, ex- I mean, ex- for ex- my money, ex- they they look like Sony photos. Sony photos yeah. uh, zoomed out, looking at a phone screen look great. Uh, captures are very very quick, but you zoom in instantly, you get that chroma noise. Yeah, well, is that
2: the what causes the oil painting appearance, or that's the noise reduction that I'm? No, thinking that's
1: of? the no, I guess the noise reduction that you apply on top of that. Yeah, yeah.
2: no, that no, that that Sony does or that Sony did for well, yeah. for a generation or two. Yeah. Back so I, I, I cared at all about Sony phones which don't come to North America and no one seems interested in talking to anyone who covers North America. But I'm just sitting here, guys. Go ahead and continue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, the the camera's uh, going to be a, a bothersome point probably. And you know, coin toss as to whether it's a, a deal breaker for me, especially with such a high price point.
0: $900 phone. Being cheap. That's, that's how they do it. Hey, Samsung and cell phone for a thousand dollars. Sony probably doesn't have that much wiggle room, but
1: uh, we have to talk about the side sense really quickly. Yeah, so oh, um, I do like this actually. Yeah, you know, it, not not for me to judge an entire feature based on you know demo units on pre-production software, but it sucks.
0: <laughs> yeah, so just like uh, just like the HTC U twelve plus. You can't. The both sides of the phone have capacitive zones, they're about the size of two thirds of the height of the phone uh, along the middle. And basically, the only thing you can do is turn it on and do a double tap on either side to launch a little app drawer. Not unlike uh, on Samsung, where you can
1: swipe in from the edge, yeah, of so, edge, panel. so you can tweak the sensitivity. There's this whole setup thing you can go yeah. through. Um, doesn't seem to make a whole lot of difference, at least on the units we were playing Very with. Very difficult. So the, one, the one you were using before. yesterday. Um, no matter what you did, it just wouldn't register that tap. Yeah. The unit I was using today, I would get, I was getting ghost taps all over the place. So obviously, right. you know, however you do that feature, it's going to be hard to get that engineering down. And of course, because the metal area where it's sensing that is so slim. Compared to something like the U12+, it's harder to actually, you know, sometimes it's a very, very small touch target for that gesture. Well, yes, Michael.
2: I'll, I'll ride for these guys for a second, because the XZ2, as I recall, in my hands-on opportunity, um, I found that that was actually quite reliable on that hardware, and I didn't have as many false triggers as I expected. And can you still map that double-tap to a notification shade drop? Because that was, I know you can do it on the U12 Plus, but... Um, no. I the only thing I saw was it, being yeah. able to launch the app launcher. Yeah, I didn't see that shortcut. But no, also, again, these are these are phones that have been, you know,
0: handled pretty rough. Yeah. And, these are the ones
2: that are open, that are on the floor that yeah, you dealt with, right? exactly. Yeah, so... You know, uh, it's,
0: so it's kind of hard to tell. Also, it doesn't have the U12 Plus problem. Like, th- this
1: has volume keys... And a power button. And you can just turn off. You can just turn Side off. sense if you want to, which, yeah. yeah, you probably should just do that.
0: Yeah, well, that's true. If you uh, ever see one of these phones, which you won't. <laughs> uh, okay, we're going to move on. We're going to continue talking about other phones and all sorts of other things. And we're going to take a break really quick, though. We're going to talk to an advertiser. And we're going to talk to Daniel Bader, actually, for just a moment. Who? I don't know where he is. Is He he has apparently recorded something for us. It's going to be fantastic. We will be back in just one moment. Take a swig of beer, gents.
3: Hey, guys. Sorry for interrupting your IFA 2018 podcast, but I wanted to thank our sponsor, ZipRecruiter. See, hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart a place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com ACP. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. So with results like that, it's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is the highest rated hiring site in America. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. ZipRecruiter.com slash ACP. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash ACP. ZipRecruiter.com, the smartest way to hire. Okay, back to the show. And guys, if you wouldn't mind, can you steal me one of those 8K TVs? Thanks, I'd appreciate it. All right, thank you very much, Daniel.
0: That was a fantastic read. You nailed it. Okay, we're gonna go talk about more phones. LG G7 one one one. it's not a g71 uh let's talk about this lg's first android one phone alex
1: yeah so it's pretty much the outside of an lg g7 mostly with the insides of an lg v30 yeah so with a few caveats so it's it's part of the G7 Family well, series, which now includes the G7 Fits, which is this lower end thing as well. Who cares? Who cares about that phone? Probably no one um, mm. is running LG software. This is their first Android One device. It's running last year's CPU. Uh, the chassis is extremely generic. It has some of the features of the G7, but not all of them. So it has the very super bright display. Well, it not- has
0: everything but the camera. Uh,
1: yeah, everything everything's except the camera, the processor, and the storage. And well, I mean, feature-wise, feature-wise, like, yeah, and then you can so have like it has it Google's has boombox
0: software. speaker, has the same display, has the has Google the product, Assistant button. Yeah. yeah.
1: But it's like this mismatch of okay, you get some of those premium LG features, but they chopped away just enough so this thing couldn't quite compete with the LG flagship. So if you get this, there are some trade-offs. Ten um, yeah. percent smaller battery, ten percent smaller battery. You get. Um, not all of the LG features in terms of the AI stuff. This is not a phone. You know, maybe that's value for you. Maybe you don't care. Probably most people don't care. That's true. Um mm-hmm. and yeah, obviously you have a you don't have the option of going up to even more storage. You don't nope. have the option of six gigs of RAM, there's no plus version, it's just base. Four gigs of RAM, thirty two gigs of storage, plus SD card, you know. It's,
0: it's kind uh, of the top end of the range of Android One phones in terms of specs. Pretty, pretty much. You don't see we're not just inundated with a bunch of Android One phones that have all of the same high-end specs and are trying to sell for $800. This thing, we don't have pricing yet, but it's probably going to be priced more like a OnePlus 6,
1: something like that. Probably. And, you know, with these rumors of OnePlus getting into the US market through carrier stores, and then, yeah, maybe it's it's going to be a tough sell for people going in and potentially looking at this in the US. But yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. We still don't have confirmed pricing for this, and it'll be interesting to see where it lands.
0: Yeah, I think that the The hardware is definitely more generic. It has a super generic a, a matte finish on the metal and then the back is like a frosted glass rather than shiny. So when you look at a g seven think you on the on the shelf, it's all you know it's super shiny and it gets your attention and it has you know the dual cameras on the back. This one is very much like gray monolithic uh we didn't see any other colors right it was just no, the gray one just just that boring gray
1: it's like about as about as boringy grayy as you can get so but it feels feel i mean it still feels the, like a the, g7. Risk, the risk of busting out a cliche it feels nice in the hand it's yeah absolutely. It has, arguably has a nicer hand feel than the proper g7 and it doesn't get all massively fingerprinted up doesn't, uh, because doesn't of look it. like a pizza slice once you pick it up
0: right so michael can you quickly pour one out for the
2: wide-angle camera yeah I mean, that's I've, I've sort of tuned out. It's not really a G7, up, right? Because yeah, I mean, the, the the lone reason for someone like me who takes a lot of photos to consider a G7 is that wide-angle camera. It's the reason I'm carrying the G7 here in Berlin for the entirety of the show. It has already served me quite well, um, and not having that just makes this an instant non-starter for me, regardless mm-hmm. of its other possible merits.
1: It, it does almost feel like LG made out of it went out of its way to create a boring phone. Indeed. Um, yeah. They, like, okay. We got this, this is
0: like a reference device.
1: Yeah, we got all this stuff in the parts bin. We could send it back to Qualcomm, or we could make an Android One phone out of it.
0: Still, if you were never going to be interested in LG's software, you were going to get an you were going to get an Android One phone, maybe like a Nokia
2: Seven Plus, something like that. This may be a good good competition with the, that. instead. That's a great point. And or also, Nokia 8, whatever from a from a speculative, um, you know, hypothetical standpoint. When I first heard the brand name LG G7 one, you know, I was like, Oh, 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 this is it. This is what I've been waiting for because yeah. it, you know, as easy as it is to paint over LG's existing software with Nova launcher, obviously there's the little hanging bits there that don't, that Nova launcher can't quite get at, uh, <laughs> go ahead and quote me on yeah, that. Exactly. <laughs> um, and it would be just wonderful to see a G seven or or like device running Android one. I think that would be a lot of fun. It'd be like the old Google Play Edition days. And That's I'm
0: hoping LG picks up a couple sales here and continues to make uh, Android one phones because it, not for this high end device. And I agree that that would be really nice. But uh, because LG is still a huge player in the cheaper, you know, uh, top of the low end, low you know mid range kind of. 150 to $300 phones. LG makes a ton of those, especially in the U.S., yeah. and sure would be nice if they decided to just put Android 1 on those mm-hmm. uh, because those are what really benefit from this. You know, I I, I liked it a lot uh, as an Android 1 phone, not necessarily as competition for any other
1: yeah, phone. Yeah, and it almost, it almost serves to highlight how, you know, Android 1 is kind of... Basically, no one wants this approach to software to be to sort of encroach on the existing flagships right Google has its flagship It doesn't want Android one competing with whatever pixel is out there. nor does whoever is making the Android phone want it to ca- cannibalize their high-end segment.
0: And look at all these phones have very similar uh, quality standards quality standards in terms of hardware and they have lots of interesting features but a lot of them are backed up by the identity of the software from their you know from the manufacturer's sure. perspective. And they don't want to give that up if you're an LG or a Samsung or some, you know, you see Nokia doing it because it's not a problem. Because they never had any software identity of their own to begin with. exactly. So they don't have a problem with it. But all these other manufacturers, they definitely don't want to give that up. Okay. Speaking of another manufacturer that uh, doesn't want to give that up, but does anyway, because it loves selling phones. Motorola has the Motorola One and Motorola One Power. They're not the Moto One and Moto One Power, like all of the other phones that were, you know, ten feet away on a different table. Um, these
1: are not iPhone tens. They're not, and so sort of going, going into <laughs> going into this announcement, we were expecting the Motorola P thirty, which is actually th- the Moto P thirty. Right. <laughs> Love that, <laughs> really. Uh-huh. In, in, announced in China, rip-off of, total rip of the iPhone. That is a total rip of the iPhone. P, P20. P20 Pro. Yeah. Um, you know, they're just, like, shameless with this thing. But you have the, Well, hmm. you, but you have the Western version of this, which actually doesn't really look very iPhone-ish and actually has more influence from the, Mo- the Motorola Moto design language. Yeah um than anything else the one thing that surprised me actually before we get into just talking about how this thing looks and feels because there are two of them and they are kind of generic looking and it's not very interesting but there's not really a whole lot of difference between the way the software looks on this and another moto, moto phone Nope. because so much of what you know the, the unique identity of motorola is in just standalone apps anyway exactly um, and so the moto app that controls things like motor display you don't really miss out on a whole lot. Android one, Android
0: one, one, and the Motorola. Phone. Android one allows manufacturers to ship that stuff, so yeah. they're allowed to have their own camera app. Um, they custom, customize the, the soft keys; they look a little bit different. Exactly, they they're allowed to phones. do that stuff. You just get the uh, faster updates. Does it and still have the gesture theory.
2: gesture launch camera and flash? Still, flash still flash right? has
0: the twist and the chop. Yeah, nice. Uh, so it's it's mostly. I mean, Motorola has basically paired everything back, especially in these lower end phones. They don't add a ton of these features anyway. There's not a big difference there. I don't know. They just wanted to continue to have a partnership with Google, I guess. Uh, the Motorola One Power is an India-specific device, which makes sense. It has a bigger screen, 6.2 inches, a 5,000 milliamp hour battery. It's got a metal back, not... Yeah, it's glass. a, a metally build rather than a plastic uh, back, because the Moto One is even lower-end mm-hmm. uh, with a lower-end processor, less RAM storage, smaller screen. It is basically... So both of these phones basically straddle around the Moto G6 series, which Mm. just came out a couple months ago. But as we know, Motorola loves to come out with a bajillion different models and then segment them out in different places around the world. Uh, And these will basically just land in the places where that that portion of the Moto G6 or top end of the E5 lineup doesn't land. Um, The One Power is just, just extremely generic. It is all about just like, High specs, low cost, massive battery—you know there's India for you. But the Moto One, sorry, Motorola One is—it's basically like a Moto G six in terms of build quality and everything like that. It's just flat across the back, has a display notch, and yes, looks a bit like an iPhone ten from the front. From the front, you do have your Motorola branding down the bottom, just in case you. Forgot. Yes, the iPhone ten does not have Motorola branding across does not, the bottom no, bezel. No, no. Yeah, I don't know. Take a look, but uh, around the back, it's just your typical like solid plastic acrylic back. The cameras are up in the top left corner, but fingerprint sensor. Mm-hmm. iPhone X doesn't have that, mm. and they're just they're very generic like price point for specs phones, and they just happen to kind of look like an iPhone X because they clearly didn't spend any time on designing these things. Nope. Uh, versus the Moto E5 and G6 lines and the X4 especially have Motorola-looking designs to them. So, And they didn't have to really do much in the software either, so might as well uh, ship these out there and make some money off of uh, the Indian market, I guess.
1: So the interesting thing for me is, is there any reason for Motorola to not do Android One, just all of its stuff outside of China? So China has this super specialized yeah, no. UI that's like has a bunch of colors and basically looks like um, MIUI, because uh, that's the way things work over yeah. there. You know, there is so little different in a Motorola, in like a G6, compared to what is on these phones. Yeah. Uh, I
0: mean... And look, well. we saw Motorola <laughs> do this with the Moto X4. The Moto X4 was the first Android One phone in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Outside of the U.S., the Moto X4 ha- was not an Android One phone. The but, exact I, but same you phone. you couldn't really tell. You couldn't you really what right, tell. What the only difference yeah, was the back the of it stuff. didn't say Android One on
2: it. Right. I powered that thing on expecting to be disappointed because I was going to miss all of my favorite Motorola features, but there nope. they all were.
0: Yeah, exactly. and, and I think that's something that people don't understand. Android One phones are allowed to have a different interface that are uh, different actions and a couple different parts of the interface. The LG G7 One has the
2: LG camera app. But the, only, but the difference is what? Like For, if it's allowed to have a different interface, then what makes it an Android One well, phone? Well, it's allowed to have different apps like, okay. but the UI so uh, didn't right. That change
0: okay. that
1: much. Right. Uh, the launcher, obviously, you have to go Google launcher. Right, uh, well, launcher notification sort of, yeah. shade settings. I guess core apps like phone, messages, right, whatever right. else.
0: But you can do your own value adds in camera gestures, uh, ambient display, okay. stuff like that. So it's basically, yeah, it's basically which which is is what they were already doing. right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's a very stark difference in LG's case, uh, not at all in Motorola's case. Mm. I agree with you. It's very weird it seems like maybe there just is some kind of certification hurdle that they just don't want to deal with. And commitment to updates, I think, is the other thing. You know, Look, Motorola they, just, just... they just launched the Moto E5 and then said it will never receive a platform update <laughs> yeah. uh, three months later. Google will probably take issue with that on Android 1 phone. Google, not a fan of that. And yeah. so you're not going to see as as much of that across their entire line. Um, very boring phones. Let's move on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huawei Mate 20... Is definitely coming, for oh, real, yes.
1: and it definitely has a pretty badass processor. It does. So it is confirmed to be launching on October 16th at an event in London. As happens every year, it will be the first phone to use the new uh, Huawei Kirin processor, this year, they're the first to ship a seven nanometer chip in a phone, which is a big deal because it's get much smaller. Well, it's pretty, it's pretty tiny. Yeah, obvious improvements to power consumption, um, uh, you know, performance. You know, we we sat through a slide deck a few days back where basically everything is X percent faster and X percent <laughs> yeah. more efficient, oh, wait, which you expect. You're telling me that the new processor is faster than the old processor? Exactly. I mean, that, that's
0: what you get with a with a step. I'd love step to see that slide a, deck where they where they were like, oh, well.
1: This one's actually three percent slower. <laughs> yeah, whatever, take it, take it over there. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So we have you know, the first using the new A76 cores, like designed from Arm. Uh, you know, we were sitting in a meeting with them uh, the other day, where actually, you know, they they were the first to use this, so they're working very closely with Arm and the work that they do to. Um, make sure the core design is actually good and works uh, then mm-hmm. they do a lot of the testing for that so actually when other people license the A76 the work that Huawei and ARM has done basically benefits everyone in that case Andrew's offering me, offering me a beer. Would you Thank like you. a beer? Yeah, I would love a beer, thanks. Great. I just opened one, so I figured now's the time. Sure. So, All right. Yeah, oh, well, come guys. on. Oh. Stupid hotel bottle of You, you had one job. You could tell how invested we are <laughs> I'm talking about <laughs> these
2: spec bumps on this. Uh, so, so, yeah, they're
1: the first to use the A76. They're the first to use um, the new Mali-G76 GPU. Uh, so they're basically a step above everyone else on the sort of arm you know, ladder of technological progress. And uh, you have other features like a new uh, fourth-generation image processing uh, dual ISP. So dual even if NPU, uh, NPU dual NPU as well, yeah, so neural
0: processing unit
1: it effectively means even if nothing else changes from uh, the P- the camera hardware of the P20 Pro, which is already pretty good, but last year's stuff. Oh yeah, um, you know the different SoC should you know just make it even better oh, as standard.
2: Thank you for reminding me. I was kind of looking for a reason to to be super jazzed about the Mate. The Mate 20, because I mean, you know, whatever. I like the Mate 10 Pro, but, but, but I was like, wait, where, what am I missing from the P20 Pro that I don't have yet? And for me, um, I really am looking forward to seeing what that 980 does for the video modes yes, on the camera, because yes. that's where, in my opinion, the P20 Pro suffers greatly.
1: Yeah, P20 Pro, great for great for photography, great for low light photography, not great for video. Yes. And the th- one thing that we're showing off today is the ability to do all the AI stuff, all the AI stuff, but AI stuff in general. Um, be able to segment out and actually understand what is going on, as it does in photo mode, but now in video. Right, you have the, Yeah, you have the uh, uh, it's object identification, object, not yeah. scene detection. Sorry, uh, yeah, in video as well as photo. So the demo they showed uh, was of a runner running like in a park, and you can change the background. You know, the the AI understands presumably be able through just understanding the shape and also the motion, mm-hmm. you know, foreground versus background, to be able to pick out the runner and then you know maybe change the lighting, change the background. Uh, you know, presumably there'll be some feature like that in the, P- the May 20. We're, we're sort of looking at this and trying to figure out how this will be applied to the new phone. Because right. they announced the chip before the phone. So you have to do a little bit of sort of deduction there to work out what will happen. But no, I mean, bottom line, everything will be faster. Fancy new AI features, fancy new camera features. Um, and, of course, you know, while it has this you know, legendary battery life in the Note ser- in the Make series since forever... It'll be interesting, even if the capacity doesn't bump up, which they've already hinted that it will be on 4,000 mAh. Have they hinted that? Yes, yeah. they have. Oh, good. So you have this efficient new chip, um, you know, silicon improvements, and potentially a, a way bigger battery as well. It's going to be a very interesting launch for them. Uh, but it's not just about the new Huawei phone. The old Huawei phone has. What happened with interesting... the Huawei P20, Alex? The Huawei P20, <laughs> um, well, there are new colors. Oh it's right, and oh, new material you were talking about. Uh, so yeah, uh, they they have some pretty fantastic names as well. What and, is your favorite and, one? Alex? <laughs> so uh, yeah, w- this has changed a little bit since we were first briefed on it. So it was a little bit surprising hearing hearing some of this in the uh, yeah I- in in the press conference. And I I I, I'm, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure I can do justice to. it. I feel like I might need Michael's vocal talents to ah. do justice to.
2: Yes, well, I feel like uh, I feel like Alex, uh, you're you're half right. <laughs> Uh, I would be very good at saying one of these, but you would be great at saying the other one. Like no, 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 the is the, the, the first one, the lighter one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is
2: this is great radio. Mother of pearl. See, I could never chance? have said that. Yeah, See, that's not the the one that. But I But it's would not quite. Out. It's not quite as you know uh,
1: robust as uh, Morpho Aurora. Which what? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it's, it's it named like, for a butterfly which I didn't uh, you have to it's named for the Morpho butterfly
3: which, is that true yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, I didn't know it's that it's not, not just throw some letters together made a wood oh well now no, I like so, it a lot better I didn't know there was yeah. a reason behind it sounds like um, a made up thing and it's actually yeah, Morpho oh, aurora it, it, Sorry. It changes a lot depending on it's It's even more sort of weird depending on how you hold it compared to the old Twilight gradient yeah, so that, it does, but
0: that Twilight color is synonymous with the P20 nobody is, thinks yeah. about the boring ones No, no, no. and no. so they wanted to really step up their game and just kind of just do a mid-cycle exactly. refresh why um, not just so, toss these on there mm-hmm.
1: Michael a few months back we went to Huawei's design lab in Paris and we, we did. had a, a whole Bunch of these gradients that they were looking at, um, yeah. some you know red colors. We we saw some some mock-up box art for for a Huawei P50, which we we're informed is not a real product. So <laughs> right, don't worry well, about just, that.
0: Just wait three more years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait three more years.
1: Um, but yeah, th- this is uh, you know these designers came on around a year ago. The P20 was the first that they had a major influence in, and obviously they're not slowing down. They're all about the iridescent colors. They're all about the gradients. Yeah. We've seen two new colors now. Presumably that you know we've seen it with the Honor series as well. That's not going away, and, um, you know, in, in a world where everyone has colored glass, this is their way of saying, okay, you have this very distinctive thing which changes from a black to a dark blue when it's flat, and then when you pick it up and it picks up the light, it has this sort of blue at the top, almost pinkish at the bottom, with like a rainbow sort of sunset it's hue in the middle. Right, there's like a, there's a pronounced orange Exactly, yeah, there. which yeah. you don't get with the existing sort of Twilight setup, and then you have an even more subtle sort of effect in the, uh, the Mother of Pearl... <laughs> Nice. Which uh, is white when it's laid flat, but then has again kind of a lighter orangey sort of pinkish. Almost. Yeah, pinkish, al- almost like a rainbow, but kind of yeah you know, more warmer hues in it. Again, we're describing colors on I was radio. Just, just going to say, yeah, this probably um, isn't a really radio. <laughs> Sorry. Go go and watch the video on yeah. on YouTube slash Android Central.
2: Do you want to cover the uh, the the other materials? Now? I do.
1: Yeah. So um, genuine leather. Remember uh, the LG G Four? Yeah, yeah. yeah they, except uh, not though. No. Well it's uh, it's not as quite as nice as uh,
2: right here's the basics right you yeah. get you get black leather you get brown leather those are your two yeah. leather options and i think they look great uh, in photos you guys mm-hmm. took some amazing photos i took i even took a not bad photo which i'm wow. not usually in my department mm-hmm. they are very easy phones to make look pretty but then you pick them up expecting that soft, forgiving, pliable hand feel of, say, a Moto X14, or, yes, a G6 with the T-Mobile, G G4 with the custom T-Mobile yeah. leather back, and they're not. They're like a car dashboard.
1: They're hard. They're, they're I was, like was going to go with like card, you know, actual car They're like yeah. the, Like uh, an Amazon box. Like the $8
0: leather quote unquote leather case you buy off of Amazon yeah what a,
2: what a shame you know because yeah. I just I expected to have this really unique hand, hand feel I'm sure some decision making may, that. I, I would like to ask them about it I'm, I maybe. didn't get a chance I mean but, who
1: knows how it will age maybe right
2: and they don't want it to be porous they don't want it to stain yeah. the first time you spill a beer on it or take yeah. it out in the rain you know it's like I, I get that there and are wait, conflicting things still here.
1: waterproof yeah yeah, no, oh no i change, forgot no that, change might, that, might seven, of, right? that might be part of that as well possibly yeah Put no, yes, no some change kind of a membrane the underneath there. that yeah, yeah, or yeah. something mm-hmm. like that um also uh, bump the specs as well so there's now an eight plus 256 gigabytes that is only available in the leather and actually they're launching these colors next week in europe really yeah Boom. so um i want one of those things i do uh well, yeah so it's yeah, they've got to get them out there in time for for the may 20 <sighs> i want to do a jerry hildenbrand style video
2: on how to take care of the leather?
1: P twenty Pro.
2: Get your saddle soap. Rudy, yeah, folks. man. <laughs> All right, All right. Uh, you know
0: Huawei P twenty. I get it. Uh, how E-MUI about EMUI nine? How about EMUI nine based on
1: Android nine Pi? Yeah. So we uh, <laughs> this this is what's coming, and we'll see it properly for the first time. I think in the May twenty, that's where the, the, the actual proper debut will happen. But you got to check it out. We got to check one. out out a very early version of it. Uh, you know, r- running like half Chinese, half English firmware. At, uh, at Huawei's event, this is their Android Nine Pie based firmware, and you know they're, they're aiming for it to be you know their, their most um, heavily pushed update uh, to to their firmware. So it'll be heading to heading in beta first to Mate Ten series, P Twenty series, and the Honor Ten series. So your View Ten, your Honor Ten, and your Honor Play, which is the new gaming phone that was announced also at EVA. So. Uh, it's What's the big change? Big. Or, that's the problem. There, are, there's no real single big change to point to. There's a lot of small things, and it's you know they haven't completely overhauled the UI, but there were a lot of subtle things which make it more polished. Big focus on whiter colors that obviously mirrors what Google's doing with Material Theme in Stock Android. They've changed to gesture input. That wasn't active on the build we used, but right. they showed us basically how it works on a phone that ships with gesture by default. Like the iPhone, swipe up to go home, swipe up and hold to go into your apps, swipe in from the left bezel to go back. Again, we'll have to see how that'll work yeah. on apps. So there's potential and on a large, on a out a out large out.
0: device as well. Yeah, yeah. and
1: you know, presumably you'll be able to fall back to just the software keys if you want to, whatever. Hopefully. Hopefully, but they do not have the uh, horizontal scrolling app switcher. Huawei never got the scaling right for the old style carousel. Like they, it was always like too big. It was like a massive bar at the top. They kind oh, of that's right. That. Yeah, but that's um, been repaired now. Yeah, so the, just things. the consistency of the UI in general seems to be improved. The weather widgets a little bit different. They have a you know different fonts going through. Uh, UI elements have been relocated from the top to the bottom, so buttons now uh, are a bit easier to reach. Yeah, with one hand, if you're if you're cradling this massive. Yeah, um, They do, they're doing more to surface important settings in apps and also in areas of their own apps so you're not swiping through menus as much yeah, they
2: shared an interesting metric on that they had for like something like 800 800
1: and yeah, eight, high 800s 800s f- portions, uh, yeah and they took it down to like like 950 or
2: something yes yeah, like yeah, whatever, whatever the ballpark um, did you come into the right, question Alex and I were in the same briefing but we haven't talked about this did you come into this thing with the same expectation that I did, that they that we would be seeing a major change in EMUI, like a yeah, major reduction? Yeah, I look reduction. at these screenshots,
0: and I'm like, well, it looks like, looks like Huawei software to me. That's I, what I, I, was I saying. haven't used a Huawei phone
1: that recently, and it just looked like Huawei. Yeah, software. Yeah, I
2: mean, I could see the subtle differences that you've been talking about, yeah. else, certainly, but like, so, I was expecting a, a big shake I, up. I think
1: part of the problem there is, so the screenshots that were taken from a P20 Pro. Mm -hmm. When we see it, and they they even said this in the briefing, there will be things that are not in what you're seeing here (laughs) that Uh, we're saving from the May 20s. So mm -hmm. I think we'll have to wait to to see how that sort of rolls out when uh, when eventually it arrives. I I mean, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. I think there's been enough progress over the past year that, you know... It
2: certainly, they have no problem with performance. Um, you know, I true true. I fire. I, I lay uh, once again. This podcast brought to you by Nova Launcher. I guess I lay Nova Launcher on every damn thing. Yeah. Um, that I that I run almost, and despite Huawei's um, really insistence otherwise, <laughs> yeah, really intense warning not to change the launcher in that big ass dialogue box that pops up. Hey, what do you know? It runs great. So, like, I'm not too worried about this. But at the same time, it, it it's always nice when a manufacturer brings some some cool features
1: what what was shown in the slides what was shown on the p20 looks fine a lot so, so all this stuff wasn't there and actually, actually a big part of the the visuals of, of this is uh, has to do with bringing new artwork and actually full screen things for think full screen elements of things like phone calls for alarms that wasn't there what's what was actually shown to us is kind of like half old software half new software sure yeah. and I, I kind of suspect maybe when we get to play with the beta version ourselves, it'll be a little disappointing, but then when we see the full picture on the Mate 20, it'll be like, ah, okay, this is how it's supposed to look.
0: Yeah. All right. I think we should move away from the Huawei train, and let's uh, let Mr. Mobile wax philosophical about a Nubia Alpha, <laughs> oh, which is just an entirely man. new, weird thing that's not a watch, it's not a phone, it's not a bracelet. It may have been made by a 3D printer. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it may be all four of those things. In yeah, fact. Who knows? Yeah, uh, this thing was was pitched to me after I jaywalked across a highway <laughs> and was uh, photographed by someone on Twitter doing it. I got a, I got a, you know, a hey, nice jaywalking, Mister Mobile, and I was like, "Oh, thank you. I didn't mean to do that. It wasn't my decision." Anyway, it led to a conversation. It was like, "You seen that crazy smartwatch? That's not a smartwatch, bracelet, phone, wearable thing." I'm like, "No." So I go to the Nubia booth. Nubia is not a ZTE company. They were a ZTE brand. They were spun off.
0: See, that's what I um, thought. They were still Yeah, ZTE, no, they but... were spun
2: off in 2014 as far as I, no as far kidding. As I know. No And they've been existing on their own, generally showing up at trade shows, you know, to a guy from the U.S. like myself, generally showing up to trade shows and dropping some sweet hardware that I'm just never going to see. So I haven't paid much attention to them. Um, but this show, they dropped the Red Magic, I think. Uh, a gaming smartphone with a um, sweet like RGB LED strip on the back and a lot of like hardcore, uh, you know, uh, graphics on it and whatever. I decided not to cover that, but uh, I needed to see this thing, which was, yeah, take a slap bracelet from the 90s. It's about that diameter, um, about that, you know, consistency in the model that I wasn't allowed to touch. Put a flexible OLED panel around the entire perimeter. Yeah. So you hold it up like you're looking at a wristwatch and... People on the other side of you can see a lot of the display as well. This it really like does the, wrap around It your isn't wrists. like the
0: gear fit where there's a slight curve to it and the thing's an inch and a half long.
2: Correct. Was that that giant sensor? No, the gear fit's the new one. Oh, the gear S is what the I'm thinking. The gear S is the giant one. The, yeah. Also didn't go all the way around. Right. So anyway, um, big, big OLED panel. And if it was just a stretchy OLED panel laid over a wristband, it would be the sexiest thing ever. Unfortunately, um, now lay that bracelet I've described over uh, an Apple Watch that you have cut in half. Uh, And cram a camera onto one side of it with a button, and nothing onto the other side of it. Presumably, the battery makes the damn thing work. Stuff had to go in somewhere, indeed, as as it always does. And um, (laughs) I must say that I don't think this thing is going to come to market anytime soon. Yeah, Uh, they are targeting a holiday 2018 release. It is well, I can target a lot of stuff, indeed. It's holidays now, (laughs) and well, that's my point. Like, I wasn't even allowed to touch it. No one was allowed to touch it. Yeah, it d- runs some version of Android. We don't know what Call that version is. <laughs> um, it we don't know what silicon it is. Like the no That's questions the problem were being like answered. This. You know, it is it has to be a completely
1: bespoke platform? Exactly,
0: hardware, software, everything, mm. because nothing is designed to run on this uh, style of
1: screen. It's not Snapdragon, presumably,
0: and it's and it's not one of those things. So probably they probably had to go to MediaTek yeah. get a get a somewhat custom chip made for the thing, uh, weird little battery, all that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, and there's, you know, you look at the press release because you ask these questions. Why wouldn't you just advocate that someone buy a real smartwatch or, you know, a a conventional smartwatch? Um, what, What real purpose does this serve other than to just showcase some cool technology? And it's really, it's tough to answer those questions. The press release certainly does not. Um, I don't have it up, but it's just, it's full of, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't say anything. It uses a thousand words to say nothing. So, you know, I I think it's a, nonetheless, I decided to cover it because I think it's a pretty cool thing. One of the reasons I like going to these trade shows is to see crazy stuff that might be some from some improbable alternate future that's probably never going to make it. But you know, I wouldn't mind a watch that has a display that covers all of this area on the watch band I'm looking at right now on my conventional smartwatch that has wasted space.
0: And a lot of companies are working on this stuff. Mm-hmm. Some decide to show it off and others, others don't. And,
2: yeah, and for all the crap I'm giving Nubia about their press release or whatever, like, they consistently, as I say, roll up to shows with some interesting looking stuff. And they're not a fly-by-night brand that's not going to be here tomorrow. They've been around for a bit. They make stuff that people buy. They do make other stuff. This isn't like Kickstarter. Exactly right. So, you know, fascinating. Um, It is the Nubia Alpha. There's a video on it at YouTube.com slash Mr. Mobile. Yeah, an alpha sign. Fortunately, I spelled it out so y'all can use Google's. Solid SEO. To find that thing.
0: Okay. Go to uh, Google.com and type in Mr. Mobile.
2: Yeah. The Mr. Mobile. Yeah. Don't go to the, yeah. It's, I'm not a repair shop in uh, in Bangladesh, but, I, you know, someday.
0: Yeah. Hey, it de- depends on how this uh, YouTube channel works out. Like yeah. and subscribe. Yep. All right. So ex- literally the exact opposite end of the spectrum from the Nubia Alpha is the Lenovo Yoga Chromebook, oh, which yeah. is an absolute unit. Of <laughs> in awe at the size of this lap. So it is a massive Chromebook uh, that's 15.6 inches, uh, the yes. screen? Yep. 15.6 inch screen uh, four and a third pounds. It is, it, it's a massive, it's your typical,
2: uh, in terms of size, well, it's bigger than your MacBook pro 15. Yeah. I made that point in my video. I'm like, listen, it's tough to convey scale on a video. So mm. here's the new Chromebook. Here's the MacBook pro 15. And the, it's bigger than, so
0: it's kind of your typical size of the, um, what we used to call like the, the start of a desktop replacement, device. 15.6 right. inch screen is huge. It has small mm-hmm. bezels on three of the sides. So the case isn't big for the size of the screen. It's just you've got to put it somewhere. It's, it's, I don't know, yeah. man. It's a
1: pretty big case. Yeah, it's, they it's, didn't it's a big make... steakhouse placemat on the left. <laughs> <laughs> like you could, you could <laughs> cut yeah. some beef on this. Yeah, yeah, so
0: Lenovo totally knows exactly who they're targeting this for. It's not people that want a machine to carry around with them Correct. outside of the house. This might be something that goes with you to the office on Monday and it stays there the whole week mm-hmm. and comes back with you on Friday at most. Yeah, if you for take it to the office. But for the most part, this is either uh, you, you leave it there or you leave it at home and it's Something for media consumption because it has a yoga hinge on it, so it goes all the way flat, and that's not so you can hold it up like the world's heaviest edition of the Sunday Times. As I recall, so, what you did in your video. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> it's so that you can put it in tent mode or display mode and get that keyboard out of the way when you you know once you've made your search for what you want on uh, stick it
1: YouTube. In, stick it in portrait. Run
0: that native Android <laughs> Twitter app on that. Exactly. And uh, and then watch some media on it um, with uh, a nice looking screen. I thought mm-hmm. not super bright. Four hundred nits, I think it was. Yeah. Not not insanely bright, but again, you're not using this out at the coffee shop with right. you know win, uh, you know with right next to a window with no. needing to crank up the brightness. But 1080p by default you know, on a 15.6 inch screen, 4K optional, and uh, the rest of the hardware is really nice. Base model is Core i5, eight gigs of RAM, 64 gigs of storage. Two USB ports, uh, two USB-A ports, two USB-C ports, I should say. I think it's single USB-A, two USB-C, it? No, I think it's one on both sides, and you can charge on both sides. Uh, There are at least two USB-Cs. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can charge on both sides. And And, uh, Micro SD. SD.
2: And micro SD. Because that is anemic. 64 and 128. uh, When you make a device... 64 is tight. When you make a device that's this big... And, like, you have to accept the consequences that, as a psychological thing, I'm expecting it to have a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And also the battery. I mean, Lenovo, again, this is a use case thing. Not gigantic, not tiny, what, 52, 56 watt hours? Yeah. Um, could accommodate much more, obviously. But again, the very first use case that Lenovo brought up in our briefing was, yeah, Netflix and YouTube, right?
0: Yeah, and... and uh, keep it plugged in. They're, they're calling 10 hours of use on the 1080p version, nine hours on the 4K version. Mm. And that's probably going to be accurate if what you're doing is, you know, watching watching media, maybe browsing a few tabs on on Chrome, something like that. That's probably going to be um, good. Obviously, the use cases don't range as wide on chrome os as they do on a MacBook Pro. Sure. So you're not going to have the situation where it could be an hour and a half, could be 13 hours. It's going to be pretty close to that. 599 feels pretty good for this thing because it is a solid aluminum build. Again, they didn't really care about lightness or sveltness. So it is a tank. It doesn't flex, mm-hmm. it doesn't you know it doesn't mess around, the, the hinges are extremely strong. Uh, even though it's just the two little parts of the hinge for the yoga mechanism, but 599 base,
2: 749 top with a 4K display. I was going to say 749 gets you, in, you know, a 4K display in this form factor. On something yeah. that's gonna and well, something it's going to run well because it's a Chromebook on, well. on a Core i5. Like, I think it's a pretty interesting package. I just don't know if there's much of a market for desktop replacement notebooks that are also chromebooks
0: yeah it's it's definitely a niche thing we saw some i mean we won't get into them here but we saw some other really good devices from lenovo in a wide variety of form factors yeah some with very similar design and materials to this yoga chromebook uh that were 12 inches 13 inches weighed in the middle two pound range like man give me these internals in that thing at, at like a twelve-inch yoga device, I'm all over that. Mm-hmm. For even a hundred dollars more, like make it smaller and make it a hundred bucks more. You're really you just beat the the Pixel price by two hundred dollars still, but you're you're right there. Obviously, they don't want to get too much higher end, but this is not going to be Lenovo's last uh, higher end. Chromebook. Mm-hmm. They're obviously trying this out. They've decided that Let's the with this we thing. can hit every single other price range in the yoga line with, uh, with windows could be windows on ARM, windows on Intel, whatever. Uh, why
2: not do the same thing on, on Chromebooks, right? It's just a shame that didn't further ex- weren't able to further extend that thinking to do a Chromebook yoga book, which we won't talk about here. It's windows powered. It's whatever, but like go sure check that out it's, on it's, yeah. YouTube. Do, yeah. Go tube it up at, and check that out. But it's, that just is begging for a Chromebook treatment, yeah, or a yeah, or a or a Snapbook treatment. Snapbook, you know, Snapdragon Notebook, bruh, get right. get with it. It's the new wow. brand we're forcing on it because always connected PC takes a long time to say Snapbook. Snapbook.
0: All right, we're going to let everybody get to it doing something else other than listen to the end of this podcast. We're going to wrap it up here after, what, hour and change? An hour and Give me a yeah, ten minutes. Mm. hour and ten minutes? Mm. That's a change. Fairly tight. All right, you can read about all this stuff and more. I mean, we could have gone on for three hours. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you, you throw in the Windows Central stuff as well, because we had Mark Gwen, Dan Rubino here, you know, going to see everything under the sun that runs windows which is basically everything in 45 minutes complaining about the mess I could do that oh yeah, yeah. so now we're up to like 16 hours of podcast and <laughs> some of you want that but most of you don't so we're going to wrap it up here from Berlin also because it's, it's 8 o'clock on Sunday and we've just been we've just been grinding this week amen and um, these are the last beers in our mini bar so we're going to have to go somewhere else <laughs> <laughs> I am Andrew Martinick. You're going to find me on Twitter, always at Andrew Martinick. Probably complaining about the Mesa this week, next week, complaining about
1: uh, soccer referees. Alex, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me at Alex Toby on all of the things, uh, specifically, mostly Twitter and uh, Instagram, and also AndroidCentral.com slash Instagram. Don't, well, no. Ah, reverse those things (laughs) (laughs) instagram.com slash handle central yeah Yeah. Um, lots of beautiful photos yeah 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 A a lot of photos from the show this week a lot of great products on there and you know stuff dropping in the story now and again as well so and how about you michael fisher slash mr mobile I'm just uh, being Michael Fisher and existing at slash
2: the Mr. Mobile, <laughs> T-H-E-M-R-M-O-B-I-L-E. I've got uh, some cool stuff on YouTube, including some of the Windows stuff we didn't talk about at this show. Yeah. Also, Alex has a great point. Instagram is uh, a place where a lot of stuff goes that doesn't make it onto the YouTube channel. So, Instagram.com slash T-H-E-M-R-M-O-B-I-L-E. Thanks for having me, guys. This has been fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We don't get to pog with you all that often. I know. But when we do, I prefer face-to-face.
2: <laughs> Man, that's, that's a deep, <laughs> deep, deep, deep beta joke. I like it.
0: All right, and on that point? Meta. Meta. Not, not beta. beta. Mm. Or alpha.
2: Right. All right. Or Charlie or Delta for that <laughs> one. Let's go. All
0: right, folks. Well, it's, uh, it's completely derailed. Let's just... <laughs> uh, whiskey, Tango, Foxtrot. All right. Am I right? All, right? All right. We will see you next week with a normal, non EFA non-beer podcast.
2: See you next time. Stay mobile, my friends. Bye.